Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Well, as anyone knows that listens to you and I, or if they follow you and I, they know that we write for the Her Growth Collective together. And so love that. And so collaborating with women that have similar, but different views, kind of different perspectives for sure. And I know you and I always, we always seem to overlap with a lot of our thoughts and it's the messy middle and the opportunity. Those are like the two things that I feel like just that everything is an opportunity for that growth and when you talked about the sidelines, how many of us, someone just said recently, you know, how many people are sleepwalking through life? Yes. It's another that on some, analogy. Were you and I, is that something that we were in a conversation together with? I can't remember. Maybe. But I, don't know. I, would, I don't know. But how many people are sleepwalking through life? And it's almost like if you're on, if you use that analogy of the football game, it's like how many of us are sitting on the sidelines, but we think we're playing in the game you think you're in the game and suddenly you wake up and it's like, oh, actually I've just been sitting here. I thought I was playing. Right. Or you're playing someone else's right. game. Exactly. And the other analogy too is who the hell's driving your bus? Mm-hmm. You think you're driving, but you're not really driving. Mm-mm. You have fear driving your bus. Yeah. Or you have mom and dad driving the bus. Yeah. Or you've got societal expectations or whatever it is, driving your bus. You don't even realize it until later. And seriously. All right. So you that. are, yeah, I know there's so many. Okay. So Let's go. <laughs> you, okay. Returning guest. Yes. Selfish mama coach. Yes. So give a quick recap in case people have not listened to your last episode of just basically, cause I know if, and just to re, you know, do my own little recap for everyone. We talked before, I think, about your kind of journey to becoming selfish mama, focusing on moms and not moms, like, I mean, yourself, you know, and your, your journey to awareness, what word do you use? I just lost it, but awareness, consciousness, consciousness. Yeah. Just being aware. And I mean, I think it's, that's like the whole, oh, (laughs) I'm getting in the game versus sitting on the sidelines. And so people can go back and listen to that first one of kind of your journey there. So where are you today? Like, so you've been on that journey for a few years of, let's call it waking up, maybe, you know, like waking up, becoming aware, aware. That's the word we use a lot. You and I too, aware, it's becoming aware. So now as we get into this whole, every moment is an opportunity getting off the sidelines Give me a quick recap of like, how did you get from that new awareness and that aha to where you are now? What's the, what's this, the, what's this window of time been like? Oh my gosh. That's such a great question. Um, well, the awareness didn't happen until I went to become a life coach, mm-hmm. right? That's when the light bulbs came on for me. And I kind of realized what I had been missing the whole time. That's when I realized that I had been watching the game versus playing mm. the game. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I'm sure I talked about it in the prior one with telling the whole story, but you know, I I went to become a life coach to get a new career because I thought my job was 
sucking the life out of me. Yeah. Um, and it was, but it also was, um, even though it was a great opportunity to be able to have a new career, I didn't expect for it to transform my own life. Mm-hmm. And so the program itself was a hybrid program where you went for, you know, weekend training, then you attra- attended training remotely and then went for another weekend. You know, it was that thing for pretty much a whole year. And after the very first weekend, I went back to the job and realized it wasn't the sucking the life out of me, right? Like that's, that's awareness in a weekend. <laughs> I mean, like, cause it was you, it wasn't the job. It was me. Yeah. And how much of life it's like, it's not it about me. the thing. The right? thing is never the thing. It's always. Oh my God. And don't we say that all the time? Mm-hmm. And it couldn't have been the first time I had heard it. Mm-hmm. but apparently I was in a position to hear it. That's why we need to keep hearing right? stuff. I keep, it's like, that's why you keep listening to the podcast. That's why you keep reading books. That's why you can read the same book, listen to the same podcast, watch the same show and movie, and you get something different every time. Cause right. it depends on where we're at, what we need to hear. So that's so true. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, awareness started in a weekend and after that, it was just, man, I had to practice big time. So you know, the evolution kind of looks like the best way that I can probably describe it is um, intentionality, right? Like Mm -hmm. I showed up, I started to play the game Mm. uh, in 2016, because that's when I became a life coach. Um, And so 2017, I started to adopt words of the year. This kind of might show some type of path and you'll have to let me know, you know, being an external judge of it all. But 2017, my word was awareness Mm -hmm. because I had just gotten it. So I was like, okay, Mm. I don't want to lose it. Yeah. I I can't lose it. Right. I was desperately afraid of losing it. Um, And so for 2017, I blogged every single day for the entire year and it helped me practice that Mm. skill and develop that muscle because every single day I knew I had to write something by the end of the day about awareness. How aware yeah. was I? Right. And mm-hmm. it just, it cultivated it so deeply within me that um, I don't ever fear losing it now, mm. which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, 2018, my word was intention. 2019 was opportunity. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes People consider that word, of course, because they're just looking for opportunities, but I wanted to find opportunity and challenge too. Mm -hmm. So setting that word as my word of the year helped me always reframe things Mm -hmm. and ask myself what the opportunity is. Mm -hmm. 2020, uh, my word was trust. Trust myself, trust the process. Trust the universe, trust how and you things picked are that unfolding. In January, or, I you did. Know, you that Actually, I picked it in December mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of 2019. Yeah. And man, did that play out in a year that none of us had control. Right. And so this year, my word is alignment. Mm. And so that kind of, I don't know if there's a path there. Yeah. Even if it's not externally seen, for me, it's my path. Oh, you know, for sure. like, it's definitely an internal path, definitely not external. That's why what I heard is that you were building the muscle and that's the part that of all the people I've talked to that do mindful work, you know, whether it's coaches, therapists, 
the counselors, pastors, anything, it comes down to building the muscle. And so I think that that for me is like, you, the way you walked through it, I loved that you shared the words and how you walked through it. Cause that's something people can hold on to is like, that's maybe something that gives you something to focus on. And to, like you said, I loved what you said about the opportunity. You were able all year to just, what is the opportunity here? And then trust, like what a year for 2020. I mean, that was constantly on your mind. So I feel like that's a little divine intervention there of these words that just allow you to almost have that rhythm. It gives you a rhythm to your yes. life, but it's the building the muscle. And that's what I was saying with everyone I've talked to. Cause I'm the type and I have to fight this. Cause I have to remind myself of this. I want to figure it out. And then I'm done with it. Like forgiveness is a great topic. <laughs> Can I laugh out loud? <laughs> oh, please laugh out loud. So I um, wish, get, can we all sign up for that? I'm done I with know. this lesson now. Can we not have repeat? <laughs> well, like a real, like, Two, two examples I can give. I'll give the funny one first. So the funny, so potty training, potty trained the daughter, read a book, did it in a weekend. And I didn't externally try to say this, but I'm sure my internal energy got exuded, which was um, if everyone would just read the book and do it like that, like I have the answers, I'll give you the recommendation. <laughs> and then I had a second kid and that did not go down like that at all. And so that's like a, you know, a, a kind of that kind of example of like, oh yeah, it, it does not work like that. And then like the more real heavy kind of stuff is like forgiveness. When you, you know, when you hear people talk about forgiving someone, it makes it sound like it's a one-time deal. Like you do it. And then if you've truly forgiven them, then you just, you're free of it. Yes. And now that I'm older mm-hmm. and, you know, more life experience, it's like, oh, forgiveness no matter whether it's for something big or small, like it's just a constant thing. Like, so the, when those, cause those feelings, I thought it was supposed to be that, like, if you did that, it just went away, you know, or if you, if you became aware as a parent and you saw your children as the wonderful whole person they were, I wouldn't be whatever, but guess what? I still am. Cause it's a daily thing we have to do. And so it's that strengthening the muscle that it's not an overnight thing. And the thing is, is as we strengthen the muscle, you know, our reactions, our emotions, all that stuff, they might not be as high and low, or it might not be as much of a struggle, just if we think about lifting, you know, heavy weights, but we still have to work it. If you don't, if you don't put in the work, then that muscle goes away. So it's just constant intention. Exactly. So, and that's why I blogged every single day. Yeah. After my life coaching, because the life coaching program was so immersive and so demanding mentally and energetically that I, it was almost like, what am I going to do now? Mm. Now that it's done, what's going to happen? And blogging every single day was a way for me to kind of hold on to something. Yeah. Practice that, which was so impactful for me to make sure that I didn't lose it. So yeah constant practice. That's awesome. So you definitely haven't lost it. So now we're, now we're to today. You've been, you've been on this journey. These words have been changing. And like I said, I think it's great that you chose them before the life experience, but they probably are indicative of, of the life experience of that next year. And so now today, where are you at? Yeah. So it's been such a process and evolution and my journey with 
you know, my business and what I'm doing on the planet mm-hmm. has really boiled down to the fact that I myself want to enter every single engagement in my life, whether it is business or friendship or my marriage, parenting, whatever it is, through the lens of who am I being in this moment? And, you know, how am I serving? What should I be offering? What does this mean about me? And mm-hmm. that's why I love the, the name Selfish Mama, because mm-hmm. I think it's so frequently misunderstood because people think mm-hmm. it's about self-care, which, mm-hmm. hello, mama should be tending to themselves. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I'm all about it. Yeah. But it's not what my business is all about. Mm-hmm. My business is all about self, like the power of mm-hmm. self, right? Because we mm-hmm. as moms have so much power. Mm. We continue the human race. Mm-hmm. Can we just take a moment? We continue the flipping human race. Mm-hmm. And yet, almost at every turn, we give our power away. Mm-hmm. Mm. Subconsciously or consciously. And Man, the, yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down with giving our power right? away. So I chose the word alignment this year because I really felt like I wanted to dig in this year to making sure that I'm in alignment with what my soul came here to do. Mm. Because I feel like that is the power of self, right? When we step into our power, we say we are co-creating this thing called life, right? We accept that there's some bigger plan. And I mean, hello, we're all walking on a big rock that is floating in space. Mm -hmm. Come on, y'all. There's, there's definitely more to life than just what we can see on this earth. Right. And even the blades of grass that we can see. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. Right. So we all know what it feels like to have that different perspective, even at 10,000 feet. Could you imagine what it is from the universe? Mm. Right. And so I just feel like every single thing that we have going on is really about us. All of the relationships, all of the opportunities, Mm -hmm. all of the lessons, all of the struggle, all of it Mm -hmm. is meant for our best good. And are we willing to see it as that, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, and we talk about this a lot, I know in her growth collective and, Mm -hmm. and I know we didn't, uh, I don't think we talked about it really, but her growth collective is just a group of women that I kind of invited to share their opinions about self-development topics, because I really wanted to just push myself. And I was intrigued by something that Brene Brown said on an interview. And she said that she hated the term self-help because our personal growth wasn't meant to be done alone. And I was like, oh my God, that's so genius. That's true. You know, I always say better together. It's the sign that's off camera. Exactly. It is right. And I think her growth collective has proven that, right. We all 
write about these topics and we have no idea what the other is going to write about. And so we open ourselves up to a perspective mm-hmm. and to be challenged, right? For sure. And so we talk often about triggers, mm-hmm. you know, in HGC and, and probably in, in all the aspects of our business, right? Because in some, yeah. some form or facet, we're all exploring what self-help means to us, oh, whether yeah. it's personally in our own lives or because of our businesses or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we, what if we all went through life looking at triggers as something to be inspected, not rejected? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause right? the, the question I just had, cause you and I have talked about this before is, are we even fully living if we don't examine our triggers? Because as you said, cause I always try to give you credit for this. Like that's that, is it the invitation like you just said, it's the invitation to dig deeper. And so I talk a lot about the opportunity. You know, we we pretty much got through 2020 with thank you for the opportunity because that was our reframe of every time there's a trigger and it's that invitation. Like there's some hurt there that, you know, either needs to be tended to or growth, but trigger is such a negative, has such a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. But when- we're able to sit with it. And that's why for us, you know, I've, I've talked, I think before about Jeremy and I, um, and I know I've written about it with HGC, but like, thank you for the opportunity. It was literally our way of being like, whatever's happening, you know, if there's a conversation or something that we're talking about and it's that ugh, feeling by kind of stopping and saying, thank you for the opportunity. There's something here. And so our nature wants to turn away from it and like, ugh, not deal with that. But then when you actually lean into that stuff, and work on those things. That's when like, I feel like real life begins. (laughs) Like, I agree. I agree. But I don't think that there's enough of that going on. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's a really fantastic example of what I mean by power of self. Right. Mm -hmm. Are you even looking at how you are responding to this trigger, this external thing to you? Because Mm -hmm. that is the work you are here. to do that work. And if you chose to do that work, that's why so many people are on the sidelines, right? They're not. Oh, right. But we've been conditioned, I think, to run away from it because it's uncomfortable. And one thing I've learned about triggers recently. So triggers one, it has a negative connotation for a reason. I mean, when there is deep trauma and pain, you know, triggers are very painful and very bad, but an aha moment I had recently is that triggers aren't always negative things. Cause I recently told someone, Oh, I'm really proud of you. And because I have awesome people in my life, they said like, Hmm, cause you know, I have a lot of conversations like this with badasses like you where like, Hmm, something's coming up in me. Like, I'm not loving that you said that, but it's not about you. It's about me, you know? So then I started thinking about, well, why did I say that to that person? So I'm laying in bed at 11, at 11 o'clock at night. I was like, oh my gosh, me telling her that I was proud of her. I was actually recognizing that I was proud of myself, but it was easier mm-hmm. for me to recognize it in her. So like I was triggered by her journey and to feel that and it, it really didn't have anything to do with her. Like I thought it did because I right. thought, oh, I'm, ha-. and as I, that's why I said, I was so glad, like, and like I said, she didn't bring it up in a bad way. We just were having this kind of 
this kind of conversation. And I just laid there like, oh my God, it is about me. Because mm-hmm. we talk about that, my pastor and I have a whole series on the thing is not the thing and how what he does a lot is trying to help people kind of look at themselves internally. Cause it's the same idea just with him. It's through the Christian lens that it's like, this is all stuff for us. This is everything's an opportunity for us to dig deep. And so, like I said, even I just, that was for me, it was like, it does not always have to be bad stuff or hard stuff, but just being good. Like, what was this saying about me? So anyway, that just for me, it was like, I never thought of that. Here I thought like, I'm just being nice and loving on you and encouraging you, but nope, I really was unpacking some of my own stuff without realizing it. Now, here's the question I have for you. How did you know to inspect that more? Well, because I do that 24 seven with many things. (laughs) I I do too. (laughs) Um, That's why I'm asking. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I just always do that. Um, Oh gosh, look, I, now I'm on the other side. I'm like, that's a great question. <laughs> Let me think. Um, well, one is because I think I'm in the space of so many people. And by so many people, I don't mean so many people. I just mean like who I'm spending my time around are people who peel back the layers. And so because it was in a conversation where it was, hmm, it already started to have the layers peeled back. So it made me continue peeling it back. And actually, if I want to get real personal, like real honest, I should say, because podcasts are a place for honesty, Mm -hmm. it probably came from an insecure place of if like, so if so, so even though the person had responded saying like, Hmm, don't love the way that makes me feel. And even though like it was made clear that it, I did nothing wrong, but that's some of my, you know, internal saboteurs and whatnot of really things where it was like, oh, you did something, you made someone feel bad. So I really, I tried to really unpack like, huh, what is that? Why did I do that? But not from a place of judgment. Um, Cause I'm really working on, and uh, we did this positive intelligence program. And with that, it talks a lot about blameless discernment. So it's moving from a place of judgment to blameless discernment. So it, I think it, it was sparked by a little internal judgment of feeling like, uh-oh, you know, I, I may have done something bad, but I moved it into that blameless discernment and just kind of, and that's for me, that's my trick I've realized to digging deeper is trying to switch from that. And you and I have talked about yes. that too, that she has not being judgmental. Yes. And so I was kind of able to say like, huh, what, you know, why, what did spark it in me to say that? And so even though it's like the first layer was, it was about that person. As I dug deeper with blameless discernment, I saw, oh, it's really recognizing stuff in them that I see in me, but that of course I judge myself, discount, actually I discount it in myself, but in others, you know, I can recognize it. And so I was like, oh, I think that was actually my way of doing that. But yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that because- you know, I feel like sometimes when we talk about triggers, I think it, mm-hmm. it might feel or look different for everybody. Yeah. Right. We might think that we all respond or behave the same. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think it's really evident when we get angry, mm. right. Cause you know, you've been triggered. Right. But for me, it doesn't always show up as anger. Mm-hmm. I certainly used to, I used to be like a raging mom. 
Um, and there might been, might have been some postpartum stuff happening oh, yeah. there. I'm not sure. Yeah. But aside from that, anger is like a very clear trigger, right? Yeah. But for me, and this is where that alignment thing comes in too, it's how do I feel? Uh-huh. Like if I keep ruminating over something, there's something uh-huh. that's bothering me, which I think uh-huh. is kind of what you're talking about. For sure. But there's also like that weird, like something happens within mm-hmm. me. So you mm-hmm. know how people talk about like getting chills mm-hmm. or something like that. Like I can literally get like some heat coming up in me mm-hmm. or I'll get some type of body awareness. And I did not have body awareness before I went through life coaching. Let me just say, mm. I gave a lot mm. of power to this mind up here. Mm. Um, and our bodies hold a lot of wisdom, by the way. Mm-hmm. So tuning into how my body responds to something mm-hmm. in the moment, right? Somebody's saying something to me. As in your case, you say something to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Like our body sometimes has something to say. And we're like, mm-hmm. what's that? You know, like think, our body yeah. is speaking to us and it doesn't yep. even, we haven't even figured out mentally what it means yet. And so sure. all of those are triggers. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, when, with the example I used, that was with a safe person, you know what I mean? Cause that would be weird to bring up like someone says something to you and you like that, you know, that's why it's important to have those safe kind of conversations where that, cause it's like, if you, if you almost have, it's that social agreement where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're, we're going to kind of work on our stuff. So when we have a conversation, we're going to be in the safe place where we can acknowledge and notice stuff. Cause of course it's not always able to do that, but yeah. it's funny. You talked about the difference. Jeremy and I were having a conversation once and it was like some triggering thing. And I basically said how I was triggered about something. And so eventually I ended up telling him what I felt on the outside. I was totally stoned. Like I was just sitting there, like not saying anything, but I told him what was on the inside and on the inside was every curse word, tearing apart the room, throwing things everywhere. I mean, just raging the incredible Mm -hmm. Hulk. We just watched Avengers last night. I mean, I was raging and this was such, I feel like a healthy, like helpful thing is that he's like, wow. When you said you were triggered, when he gets triggered and you know, he edits this so he can make sure that it's appropriate for me to share this on the public (laughs) thing. And just a little side note. Um, he said, you know, I'm so glad you shared that because I thought when he said, when I get triggered, so therefore I thought you were feeling the same thing. I shut down. Like there's nothing like it's cause I, cause he's triggered. And so his mm-hmm. trigger response is just nothing. And cause I was, I said something like I'm doing all in my power right now to keep from raging the F out. Like, so I'm, I'm like, like you talked about your body. Like my body is like, on fire. Cause I could just rage. And it just was one of those things that I thought, man, had I not told him how I felt? Cause I assumed it was the same thing for him. So if he would get triggered and not say anything to me that, that I would rage more, you know, like I, in my head would be like, well, he's just not telling me. I didn't realize that his mind went blank right. where mine just went into overdrive. Such a simple thing. And that's a whole other side note on triggers and whatnot and trauma. But it's and an important, like that, but. but it's a really important discussion to have, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Because 
I think we throw that term around a lot. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of coming back to our power, Mm -hmm. what does it even look like for you? If you're not even paying attention anyway, you're trying to deflect or run away from it or blame somebody Mm. for triggering you in the first place because you don't think it should have happened. Mm -hmm. But if we lean into our mess, I was going to curse, but I wasn't sure if I was You can go ahead. Whatever. Good. If we're supposed to lean into our shit, then up and own that. Mm -hmm. Take your power back. What does that mean for you? And at the end of the day, it could be, yeah, that person's just an asshole. (laughs) It might be. (laughs) It might be. Okay. It might be. Let's just be real. Right. Not everything has to come back to something we have to fix. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to insinuate that. Yeah. That's it. That's I'm so glad you made that point. Cause when I, when we say like what I've learned, it's like, oh, it's all about me. And it doesn't mean it's all about me to do anything about it. It just means there's obviously something to me that like, I want to do something. Maybe it's that I need to work through not doing something. Exactly. mm -hmm. And you so artfully even described like the fact that you were triggered and you had this internal rage, but yet you weren't allowing it to be externally shown or displayed, right? That's some effort and management and regulation on your part to be able to, (laughs) right? Not have that come out that Mm -hmm. way. And, you know, there's a lot of us who need to to practice that, Mm -hmm. you know, more. So kudos to you for doing that, but got a lot of practice, you know, that's what 2020. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. There you go. There you go. Right. But it also is that double-edged sword, like you're talking about, because if people aren't digging deeper and having that conversation, especially with partners, hello, Mm -hmm. we're all stuck at home together Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. right. Think about in times past, I'm not asking you, of course, it's just a rhetorical question for everybody to ponder. Would you have been the type because you were so triggered to have escaped Mm -hmm. and left the situation? right? For fear of maybe not being able to manage it and, and mm-hmm. really artfully engage mm-hmm. further, yeah. right? But our current situation has offered the invitation mm-hmm. for us to really start to see one another. And that's really sure. the beauty of 2020. I mean, if you think about it, 2020 is you know meant to be perfect vision, right? And I feel like yeah. it offered that in spades. Yeah. It offered a lot of sucky crap too. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants a pandemic. Yeah. But at the same time, man, for those of us who are willing to do the work, holy crap. Well, it makes it we, suck even more if we don't do the work. <clears throat> if we can't right? find the goodness from it, it makes it even a shittier thing. Like it's Absolutely. shitty enough as it is. And so it's funny because like for and I I'm I don't know if I've talked about this on her growth collective or not, but like for us, because of some work that we were doing pre-pandemic, it allowed the time to be for us personally, like a healthy time because mm-hmm. we needed that time. You know, it doesn't change the heartbreak of everything happening, but just, but it's, I, I recognize that had we not started doing the work before it could have looked so different, you know, without walking through things. And so with people, it's like, I think you talk about becoming aware. Um, 
And I feel like my journey's different, but if I'm just using, but I could definitely say that there's been things like awareness around certain stuff and totally mind blown and growth and things like that. That I think once you kind of experience that, get to the other side of something mm-hmm. and you can recognize a before and an after. So that's kind of the thing when I said my journey's different, you know, I feel like this is kind of something that ever since I think I was like a kid have been having these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. So that awareness was like always bubbling, but because of some opportunities in life, there's now this, like, I thought I had life figured out one way. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's not, you know, like, okay. Which I think we all have to have that moment where, you know, whether, so it might unfold differently for each of us, but I think once you've kind of realized that, and this is the other thing I get reminded about a lot is like, Oh, Sam, Oh, you think you had your moment. And and it's done now. Because remember in the beginning of the conversation, Tina, I said, I like to just boom, done. So I even feel like my 2020 is like, oh my gosh, that was like, there was so hard, but so much opportunity for growth. Like you guys, I did a great job. I like got through it. I'm done now. My pastor was like, oh, oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. This is just preparing us for, you know, like all just the way our life, it's like always preparing us for the next step. Oh, Amen, sister. Yeah. Can we yeah. can we just go there? Hopefully, I'm not um, go there, girl. Okay, go there. So I've I've struggled with my weight since I was a kid, and I, I've been successful at losing like 50 pounds over Same. the course of like 20 years or something like that. And I think you and I even had this discussion where, mm-hmm. you know, I would like I would like lose weight. And then I would like plateau and just like hang out there. Mm-hmm. And then I would lose some more weight and then I'd plateau. And my last foray into this, if you will, was kind of like 2017, 2018 or something like that. I lost mm-hmm. close to 20 pounds. I think I lost like 17. And I think I gained like 10 of it back. But that was mm-hmm. like this on and off ride, you know, yeah. like the 10 pounds was just like, yeah, just I would stay within this like 10 pound window of it. And I never really thought that was a big deal, right? Like, no big deal. And so really over like 2020, I was like, you know, I really just want to be healthier. So I could tell that I was like gearing up for another, all right, here we go. You know, like another effort into this getting ready. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. And I know myself so well, which is just really fascinating enough that I was able to discern that this was happening I already knew that the ways that I had lost the weight before weren't going to work this time. And it speaks to what Mm -hmm. you and your pastor were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I had had success at losing the weight by counting the calories and doing the exercise Mm -hmm. and and things and whatever tools and apps that I had used. Mm -hmm. I knew intuitively, I knew that what Mm -hmm. was required of me this time was going to take something else. It was, I was having to take it to a different, I actually do. (laughs) Good share because you just (laughs) described me to a T (laughs) and not only did I gain, I like gained like classic weight loss story twice in my life. I've lost big chunks of weight and kept it off for a few years. And then for a few years, it starts coming back on. And now here I am the heaviest I've ever been. And, but I have been two ways I could look at it. One way is I've been dragging my feet, 
But I think it's more so speaking to what you just said is I just know, okay, I've done it twice. I know what to do. I know what I can do to lose it. But this is a, there's a bigger problem here because when life kind of got crazy, that's been my coping mechanism. And I needed that hit of dopamine when life was hard. And the other thing too, is that when I got down to like my, we'll call it goal weight and everything still was never good enough. And so when the weight started coming back on, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's like, well, I still needed to lose more. I'm still not good enough. Still not this. And it's like, all of a sudden, how did I get to my heaviest? Because 50 pounds ago, I thought I'd already gained all the weight back, even though Mm -hmm. I hadn't. So for me, I have been, like I said, I'm trying to change it instead of dragging my feet. It's like, there's something more. And I'm just kind of gearing up to yeah. what is this next season? What is this next? Cause I want to be healthy. You know what yeah, I mean? I want to exercise and eat right and whatnot and not, not have that as an unhealthy coping mechanism. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's been ruminating around. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. So for me, it, it was really interesting what I figured out about myself. I think my prior success was really, it was forceful, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like pushing through, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm motivated. I'm that's right. Ready. Right. Yeah. And so you kind of like push through mm-hmm. and you either do it yourself or you have a coach or you have a program or, you know, you have some mm-hmm. type of external yeah. accountability that's helping mm-hmm. you get to the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Forcing it, resisting something Mm. is not what's speaking to me now. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell that I'm in a different space. Mm. And I know that we've talked about this with her growth collective. Mm -hmm. For me, it's compassion. It is giving a voice to that part of me that is scared to give up the food for emotional coping. Say that one more time. It is giving a voice to the part of me that is scared to give up that coping mechanism. Okay. So now we need to just be like, all right, we've been using weight (laughs) as the example, but what you said there is really profound. So I want to dig into that more because that is anything, any coping mechanism, because any unhealthy behavior and actually even healthy behaviors, if they're in excess, you know, so any, that's right. So it's just anything we use to cope is dealing is, is a way of dealing or rather maybe not dealing with something. Right. Because, and this goes back to something we've definitely talked about in HGC, which is my trigger of the word saboteur, because I don't feel any, I would have resonated with that term had I known it and heard it years ago. Mm Mm-hmm but from a more compassionate place now mm-hmm. that I treat myself, mm-hmm. I don't believe that there's any part of me that wants anything bad for me. Oh yeah. Not one. Mm-hmm. And not to say that that's the intention with which the saboteur, you know, label yeah. is given. Right. But that's, that's the, yeah. that's the feeling that I get is that there's this mm-hmm. conscious or subconscious intention to sabotage. Well, and, and right? that in the positive intelligence m- context, the saboteurs <clears throat> are trying to help you. 
So I think they're labeled saboteurs from the outside looking in, but right. it's that they're trying to help just side note with that. But yeah. So the part of me that has been using that coping mechanism had not been given a platform. She had just been pushed aside, suppressed. Yeah. You know, discounted, right? It doesn't matter. We can just push through it. So nope. it's so funny, you know, so much of whether it's people I've talked to on the podcast, things I've followed and read it, it, a lot of it's about inner child work, you know, mm-hmm. and saboteurs um, in that context, but we could, you know, switching it to the parts of ourselves that we need to show compassion to mm-hmm. from the things I've read. It's like, they're all born from that place of the hurt inner child that is learning to cope. And the coping mechanism that worked when we're young and kept us, you know, safe or whatever, end up, you know, not being good for us later. That's right. So and you give it a voice because mm-hmm. everyone wants to voice and to be heard. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, the other way that I work with women is inviting them to find their whole selves. Mm. Right. We, lots of times, this is another trigger of mine. Um, yeah. People feeling like they're broken. We are not effing broken. Mm-hmm. But there are different pieces and parts to us. Mm-hmm. Right? But I feel like it's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's meant to have distinction and edges mm-hmm. and borders or parameters. For mm-hmm. me, it looks like my mind versus my body mm-hmm. versus my soul's journey. Right. And that is really at the end of the day, what the alignment, what it is that I want the alignment to look and feel like. Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing here? I've been given this vessel. I have my mind to help make things logical and have things make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have this body that gives me the physical capacity to move through this life. Right. But we've yeah. also talked about the fact that it too has a wisdom all its own, mm-hmm. right? And I, as the soul, am trying to figure out these, mm-hmm. how do all these things work together mm-hmm. so that I am in alignment with exactly where I'm supposed to be? Mm-hmm. How do I have that reverberate, right? Mm-hmm. Through my life and all the things that I'm doing. Because at the end of the day, I think that we're supposed to be enjoying life, mm-hmm. <laughs> not surviving this We're supposed to be enjoying it. And it doesn't mean that every single second is going to be wonderful, Mm -hmm. but I want to be able to say that I really had a good time while I was here. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to model adulting as if it's something my child can look forward to. Mm -hmm. And at a a point in time, that wasn't the case. Right. And that's what really got me triggered. I was like, what the F am I doing? I'm slugging it to a job that I hate. And my kid is like seeing me be upset about that. What? Yeah. Why would she want to become an adult? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah. What you know, life? we're supposed to But we just to get caught in it. That's like, this is the way it is. Because if people aren't asking right? the hard questions and if everything's just fine all the time, exactly. people don't know there's a better way. Exactly. You know, and so if we see everything as these problems that we're supposed to avoid and kind of push through and, mm-hmm. you know, all that, of course, it's going to be like practical misery. Yeah. Whereas if we see them as the invitations, mm-hmm. 
right? We get to see it through a different lens and all of a sudden it takes on a completely different life. Yeah. Right. But we have to give ourselves the opportunity to do that. Yeah. So I feel like last, so last year I, we discovered Kintsugi, which is, I believe Japanese pottery and it's the broken pottery that's they, when it breaks, they put it back together with gold paint. And so oh, the yeah. item becomes even better after it was broken and more beautiful. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, when you said we're not broken, it's like for it. So in my brain, it kind of goes like, well, we have stuff, but I also feel like we are whole because it's those cracks. That's the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, if, if not for those cracks. And so, you know, using the pot- pottery analogy, it's like, if not for those cracks, you wouldn't have that beautiful gold patterns, you know, and, and whatnot. And it's like in our life, I'm contradicting you, but I'm not contradicting you. It's like, we are broken in our life. You know what I mean? Like we have cracks if you like that, but that doesn't mean we're broken. You know, it's that there's all these pieces, but that we are also given the things we need to be whole. Yeah. And so like for us, just, um, that's been like a really nice tangible thing to look at, you know, to kind of remind us that it's through those cracks that that's what makes it whole and makes it better and stronger than it was before. And so it's almost like you just like, if you could have all these cracks and just ignore it and pretend, Oh, it's still the same piece, you know, just let's just ignore it yeah, sure. It has all these cracks in it, but we're just going to try to hold it together and not let it get ruined where it's like, you know what, finish snapping it and then have it, you know, it's the whole wound and scar, you know, instead of having the messy wound, you know, let it have a healthy scar over it and heal. So I love that analogy. And and I think that it really complements what I was trying to get at with the puzzle pieces, Yeah, right? Because I do think that there are defined edges Mm -hmm. to the different pieces and parts to us. Yeah. And that can even be drilled down into different experiences mm-hmm. and whatnot. Right. And so, like you said, it just, you know, however people want to see it and believe it so that it's empowering to them, I think is at the end of the day, what is useful and, and it's what I strive for, you know, kind of like you were saying with like the book about potty training, like I have the answer, you know, until you realize, Oh, it was the answer for only one child, right? Yep. At one moment in time. Right. And I think as a coach, that's what I try to get at, which is step into your power. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer, but what yeah. I do have is the ability to help you find your answer. Mm. So if people want to take Selfish Mama 101 with <laughs> Tina Unruh, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they need to listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they can find me on the web at selfishmama.com and at Facebook at Selfish Mama. And on Instagram, I had to adjust my handle a little bit. So on IG, it's real Selfish Mama. Awesome, yeah. Tina. Well, thanks for fleshing it out. I always love getting to chat and just peel back these layers. It's my favorite thing to do. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production.
grossest thing I've ever heard 